Thank you so much for returning to Sound Pollution again. This week I did go solo, but it is not because Uncle Brent didn't want to co-host. The timing just didn't work out for this specific interview. He will be back on the next episode and will continue to do so until he leaves us for paternity leave. This week, I have the joy of interviewing some members of the band Kissing Aphrodite, Michael and Jamie. I've been patiently waiting to get them in front of the microphone, and we had a blast. We will be discussing how the band came to be, their writing process, owning who you are as a musician, upcoming releases, and three of their awesome tracks. Side note, please keep listening after the outro of this episode for a bonus track that is going to be discussed during the show. Don't forget to click on those links. Everybody, I am here with Kissing Aphrodite, a band that I've been trying to interview for quite a while. Why don't you guys introduce yourselves to my listeners? I'm Jamie. I am the lead singer of Kissing Aphrodite. Uh, Mike, the uh, drummer. <laughs> and who is not with us, and what do they do? Uh, Eric is our bass player, and then uh, Christian is our guitar player. Okay, and how did you all get together? Well, <laughs> that's definitely uh, Mike's fault. Yeah, 100%. Um, you you were already playing with our original bass player, who is Steven, and um, you guys brought Christian in. Is that correct? Yeah. And then uh, they talked about wanting singers, and Mike said he knew someone and basically had to pull me in kicking and screaming. <laughs> Which I don't get because your voice is amazing. Thank you. You have so much power behind your voice, and you don't hear that enough. It's either a female singer is very quiet. This is a pet peeve of mine. They're very quiet, or they're just screaming. There doesn't seem to be a lot of women who can pull off the in-between in rock music. Thanks. Yeah. It's really impressive. Thank you. Um, Yeah, I. what it was is I had had some not-so-great experiences with other musicians, and I sort of just told myself I'm not getting into anything unless I can really see it going somewhere long term and Mike just kept messaging me and saying I think you really like what we're doing and you really should try it out we're three nice guys yeah we're three nice guys you never have to worry about drama and I mean we had one band practice and within 30 minutes we had our first song so that felt really good so describe your sound oh man okay (laughs) we get asked this all the time and it's you know to be honest like what genre we are i don't know some people say like americana or indie and pop and like soft rock i don't know i'd always go with indie pop americana not so loud somebody was hot when they said that yeah uh, (laughs) yeah (laughs) maybe it's because of the the songwriting and the lyrics that make people because because it does have it your songs tend to have a story yeah they're not just this one person (laughs) broke my heart and he can you know fuck off and die right there's an actual story there yeah well you know well i'll take that chance you know or take this time you know jamie has written every one of the songs every lyric it's all been her she's as good a songwriter as she is a singer so thank you oh thanks i feel like i'm a better songwriter than i am a singer but that's just how i feel about it (laughs) so how does the songwriting process work for you guys uh, that depends a lot on how the song is created initially. Sometimes Christian will reach out to us and send us a really good recorded um, sample of his guitar work. And sometimes he even goes as far to put other instruments behind it. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes it's almost like writing to just a song that already has instrumentals. And other times um, I'll just be wherever I am. I'll write a song. I'll come to band practice. And I'm like, hey, so I've got this melody. But as far as actually coming up with the lyrics, they're usually inspired by real real facts real people exes (laughs) (laughs) 
And when Creston does that, the whole band, virtual band, I do my best to do the opposite and aggravate him a little bit. Yeah. Do you do that just to piss him off? <laughs> yes. He's like, I'm <laughs> the answer to that is absolutely what I'm like, sometimes she's like, yes. Yeah. Well, and he's also, when Christian sends it to us, he's using a drum machine. So there isn't mm. that, it's, it's, it's robotic. Yeah. yeah, no, yeah. there's not that groove. Well, he was it. he was in this band, uh, and I'll have to get you some demos of, of what they were, because uh, they've changed your name like 20 times. I think it was like Blue Station, the last version of it, but it was a really, really pop, and they were so good, you know, and, and he had this, you know, I look like I have to wear a helmet when I'm playing drums. And he had this guy who was a firefighter and just wore this big smile. <laughs> he was like a freaking model. And he played this one. And like, you're like, I'm like just double, sitting behind the drums. You no, know, he played this double hothead beat that was just like always smiling and just, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like, yeah, I'm not doing that. <laughs> That's not how this is going down. Yeah. So let's talk about the first song. Um, let's talk about Hopeless, which is what it was called in the i feel like there's another word to that song all the time. hopeless heartache yeah. see i really That's did okay. listen i did no, listen it's okay to we uh <laughs> yeah we didn't know um that we have a couple songs that we changed the title to because when mike would send over the files it just looked weird because it would only let you have yeah that's what i saw so much of it yeah <laughs> That's yeah. all I saw. Well, there, there was one that was really rated X. And it was just like, we cannot have it. And then I got to where I did that all the time. Yeah. It was hilarious. Now, you, now you're just fucking with Oh, them. no, I swear to God. No, no yeah. It was, cause, you know, the song was called Dripping in Gold. And, but, okay, so when he sent it over, it just said Dripping. And we're all like, hey, we're changing that song name right now. Oh, I think you should have left it. Yeah. But. It's, see, it's I, not I really a sexual it. song. That's what's ironic about it. It was, See, then it would throw people off. Yeah. Great. But it, and a little bit of history with, with that first one, Hopeless Heartache. Uh, mm-hmm. The band I just referenced, uh, Christian's band. Christian is a guy who is so productive, and he just constantly has new stuff. I mean, he's always, always got a new riff. He's always, and we get a little irritated, man, sometimes because he, hey, I don't want to do this song anymore. So we've chopped like seven or eight songs that we used to do, just mm-hmm. out, don't even practice them anymore, and they were good things that we loved. But he really had an attachment to this one because this was a, a former band's music, almost. Mm-hmm. I say almost because, you know, I said once again, I'm not doing what that guy was doing. And so, I, you know, I changed it a little bit and Eric's changed it. But uh, the base of it was still an older song that he had done. And then Jamie put the new lyrics to it. And, and, the and, and what are the lyrics it. about? Man, I wrote this song when I was like 18 or 19. Hmm. And, um, you know, when you get into an argument specifically with a guy, I know that might sound kind of sexist, but they, I mean, they just have a tendency to walk off. Yeah, and that has, uh, right. So and I just want to like talk about it. You know, I'm like <laughs> obsessive about communication, but, um, that was always hard for me. And I dated this one guy at the time and he would just leave and he would just go get his space. And the whole time I'm like having this mental breakdown. <laughs> so one day I just, you know, wrote the song, please come home. And it was sort of just like, if you come home and we can talk about it, you right. know, we'll, we'll get through this. Um, so yeah, people love that song. I think that's the crowd favorite, honestly, of all the mastered ones we showed people. That's everyone's that's favorite. That's really good. Well, they added the strings and all that too. They yeah, did. I liked yeah. that. The strings are a really good touch. I Tell my 
So what made you become a drummer? I like to hit things. <laughs> That's actually so true, yeah. guys. No, my, my mom was uh, I just want to my mom was actually a country singer, and uh, she used to be in a country band, and, and I was just fascinated watching the drummer play. So eventually, you know, I annoyed her enough where she got me a set, and you know, I'm, here I am, forty seven years old, still playing. So That's his it. mom was That's a it. really yeah. good country singer. Yeah, there was oh, actually your mom. Uh, and she never made it. That's but, okay. Does she have music out there? Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. I, say I, your I, name. What? Well, uh, <laughs> it's Cindy. Cindy Willard. But you can tell her the story of the uh, other one. Well, I have to let you hear this song way later. But oh, I'd oh, like yeah. to hear it. Forever ago, Mike approached me with, "Was it your mom's birthday? Was that what it was?" It was Christmas. It was. It was for Christmas, and he said, "I really want to give my mom something amazing." And we weren't in a band yet together, but Mike said, "I think you'd be the perfect one to sing it." And what it was, it was her song. From however long she, my stepfather had passed, and she had went to Nashville and recorded this thing, and mm-hmm. it was in a garage or a shed. And when she got it out, it was ruined, and she was just like, oh, it was my favorite song as a kid. No. So another buddy of mine named Kevin Cox, I found she gave me all of her, you know, so I had her twelve string, I had all of her music, and I found the song, like all of her notes, the charts, the chords, everything, and uh, he put it together and played it exactly like how she did. So I put together a little mini band, mm-hmm. and uh, Jamie <sighs> sang on it, and so yeah. you know, for Christmas when I hit play on this, she had no idea what it was. Like it was just like the first thing that she would ever expected and you know what she said oh she did she cry oh yeah for days oh, weeks yeah. <laughs> it's still i think to this day the most sentimental thing i've ever done it's so sweet. It, and it wasn't it was um it was a lot of pressure because i couldn't hear how she would have sang it and i'm oh, sure yeah. it's nothing like it was close it, was it really, really yeah, it really was close <laughs> we had a lot of fun making that because mike just picked everybody he thought would be the best at whatever instrument so it wasn't like you're going into this like a band. You're just kind of all right. friends, and we kind of all lightly knew each other. But it was a great experience. It was a lot of pressure, but it was a good experience. <laughs> that is the sweetest fucking Yeah, no pressure. It's just the most meaningful gift I'm ever going to give my mom. <laughs> and go. <laughs> I don't even know how to follow that. What question to fucking follow that up with? God. Well, we don't have that song on here. But yeah, we'll I didn't think we could talk I want to hear it. it. Yeah. It's called Gypsy. It's really You'll have good. to. Yeah, I've got it. I've got it on my phone. <laughs> dude, I will add it to the very end of this episode, dude. Okay. I will, I swear to yeah. God. That's fine. And then you okay. can tell her now you're on a podcast. Right. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, like. Yeah. And what made you want to be a singer? Was there like a moment for you? I just remember being a young, young, young kid, and I went to school with all these people that I thought were really good singers, and I've always been an artist, and I was really good at writing and, you know, doing art, and all my art teachers would have me, like, help them and be their little assistant, and I just would always look at people who were so musically inclined, and I was like, I wish I could do that, and so I just started, and I didn't feel like I was very good for a long time, and the first time I ever went to a karaoke bar and sang, I got, like, booed off the stage, and it was no, like, uh, I swear, yeah, yeah. all facts, oh, um, but I was worst. Yeah, and you know what I was trying to do? I remember this so clearly because it was so traumatizing. But, like, <laughs> it was like it happened just a moment ago. Um, basically, I was trying to sing, like, something I wasn't. And I got up there, and I tried to sing John Jett, and it just wasn't working, and no. it, you know. And um, the karaoke DJ just said, well, who do you listen to? And I said, well, like, Janis Joplin. And he goes, well, why don't you just try that? Right, do and something just, you feel. Right, and I was just like, oh, okay. And I just went up there and just sang, and I had all this rasp and everything, and it was like, next thing you know, Boom, I was a singer. You were like, okay, I'm not yeah. getting booed off stage. Well, and for the longest time, I was in really heavy bands because mm-hmm. all I thought I could do was, like, raspy and screaming and stuff like right. that. And then, I don't know, I just started practicing, and 
It's so funny that you say Janis Joplin because that's one of the people I think of when I hear your voice. Oh, I'm so glad you said that because everybody <laughs> says Stevie Nicks, and I'm like, I no, love no, Stevie there's Nicks, some but... of that too, but you're a little. <laughs> There's more edge. Yeah. She's she's great vocalist, mm -hmm. but you have more of an edge, and, and that is, mm -hmm. Janice had an edge. Yes. And I really, that's the first thing I thought of. Oh, that makes me so happy. Thank um, you. Yeah. She was Janice like my Shockley. biggest inspiration as far as wanting to be a singer. She's there, very misunderstood, too, she is. which I like. You know, they try to pin her in like a category, and she just kind of broke a lot of those molds. Do you guys see yourselves being able to do anything else and feel the same way, or is this kind of it for you? As far as, like... As, as far as, I mean, could you be anything other than a musician now? I mean, obviously, we all have day jobs. Not everybody makes it big. Right. And But, like, if you were just to stop doing music, like, could you ever even do that? No, I think I'll always be creating and writing and singing and... Um... I do actually own a tattoo shop, so oh cool. Yeah, I so I do feel like I'm very blessed because I still get to be an artist. But I've always said, while the tattooing is a career, the music is more like therapy. It's sort of yeah. like eternal therapy, and I just don't feel right as a person not doing it, whether that's on a stage or at band practice in a garage, whether it's in a recording studio. For me, it's something that I do all day, every day. I'm always writing. I'm always singing. You know. What about you. You know, uh, I'm, I'm lucky that I get to bounce back and forth. You know, I yeah, you are sound. blessed. I, I, you know, uh, I'm trying to play as much as I can. I know I've, I've got some arthritis in my hands already. And I don't know. What, there, there's an end date that I won't be able to do what I do. You know, mm -hmm. and on the flip side, that that's also, you know, if I get to do, you know, record the music and, and run live shows. And that, as long as I'm not deaf all the way, I can, <laughs> you know, I'll, yeah. I'll be able to do those for a long time. Going deaf is a big thing because we spend a lot of time next to fucking mm. amplifiers. Mm. Well, especially or with like headphones. He on. Yeah, I mean, especially drummers. Drummers especially and drummers, DJs. Yeah, he's always doing sound. He's always running mm -hmm. sound and audio and everything. I mean, it's a lot easier for me to just sit down and write lyrics and mm -hmm. sing to myself in the shower and whatnot. But what he does is a lot more maintenance and wear and tear on his body. I wish. I wish somebody had told me when I was. 19 years old and starting to spin records that you need to wear earplugs. They told me, but I just didn't. <laughs> no one could hear them over his drums. Honestly, though, I've had my ears like, checked and I'm not too bad. Because it's not just the headphones, it's yeah. also the speakers. Right. And well, then there's the other speakers, and like there's a lot, and you need to protect. Right. And now I'm like, quit turn. Now I'm like, I don't think anything's loud enough. Like my phone's like, you cannot listen to this this loud. And I'm like, it's right. not that loud. What are you talking about? Luckily, the, the one good thing we have going for us is our rehearsal space, and that's where we did the uh, virtual show at. Oh yes, it's so big that it like, is a if, great spot. If you, if you did that in a basement or somewhere that had eight foot walls, you would. You, when you leave and you're hearing that ing, you know, where it's been so loud, it's blowing mm. your ears. It doesn't really go that way out where we're at. So, right. You know, that, that is a blessing on our end. So tell me about... See, and I'm worried that I'm only getting, like, the first word of these songs, upper hand. <laughs> no, upper hand, yeah. The, okay, uh, good. See? Well, <laughs> yeah, like, I'm going to be embarrassed again. No, no, that's okay. Yeah, upper hand. I, I just love puns. I love things that are not, like, a slight against someone, but I like taking things that are negative and making them positive. Upper hand, it's kind of like when someone has the upper hand, but instead of that being a negative, it's like an acute way. You know, it's like he's got the upper hand and she's into that. Like, yeah, he has no idea the thoughts that she has about him or her or whatever, but they've got the upper hand and it's a positive thing this time. It's one of the, this song, too. It, it, she reminds me a lot of Dolly Parton. 
Yeah, I love Dolly Parton. Yeah, Yeah, Dolly Parton was amazing. Yeah, so I'm not a big country fan, but I love Dolly Parton. I love who she was as a person, who she still is, you know. She's amazing. Yep. She's a very giving person. Yeah, and she's very wise. She, I love what she, you know, I wear wigs all the time, and I just relate to her being so big and flamboyant, and I just, I love that. (laughs) Because I'm the opposite of that during the regular week, so...
So actually, let's touch base on that. How? <laughs> no, no, and I don't. And, and it's okay. I wanted to talk about this because women in music are often only perceived as sexual beings. Yeah. As a toy, as a treasure, as something we we want them in the front of the band because they're hot and this, that, and the other. And you kind of seem to have taken that and then be like, I am that, but fuck you. Right. And I love that. <laughs> yeah. How did you, was that like a conscious decision you made to just be like, I'm going to do this for myself and it's not for you and you can all kind of suck a dick? Right. Um, that's definitely sums up a lot of my personality. Yes. I feel like, I feel like I'm getting a tarot card reading here. No. Um, I can do that later. Right. <laughs> so no, actually the support of, well, me and Mike had been friends for a very long time. And one of the first things that he said after our first band practice was, you're very good looking, but that's not why we want you in the band. We want you here because we believe in you. And I don't care if you are in a t-shirt and a jeans, whatever you want to do, just be yourself because we're here for your talent. And it has happened before where we'll go do like a radio interview and someone will be like inappropriate. And I mean, they get really offended. And I, being a bartender, a tattoo artist, whatever, to me, it's just like a big joke because yeah. I wouldn't take that seriously anyways, but it's... The so confidence. Big brothers that are right. Like, what the fuck did you just say? You right. Know, and so but that helps a lot for me to just be who I am. Um, but I definitely, I love to change my look. I love to play with my, just everything, whether it, whether it comes to clothes and I'm making costumes for the shows or changing I, my wigs. I love your stuff. clothes. Thanks. I do. I, <laughs> I make like, most of them, but you know, um, yeah, I've always been sort of like really girly with a grunge side. And I didn't want to have to change who I was just because I was in front of the band. And that's really nice of you guys to be like, mm -hmm. you know, we want you to know that you're here for your talent. Well, you know, so what you do from there on out, we've got your back. Because right. women in music still receive an unfair amount of discrimination when it comes to our it, looks. It's funny. There's been, I won't mention the names. but <laughs> yeah, Don't, least, don't be no, slamming. No, at, least, no, at least three people have said, I can't believe those guys make her go on stage looking like that. And you're like, we, yeah. like, we do like, nothing. <laughs> right. We, we have no say-so in that at yeah. all. This is, like, this is, <laughs> yeah. It's, and it's probably like part of your creative process for performing. Um, yeah, I definitely want to go up and sort of, sort of have an alter ego because then I can act crazy and silly and be ridiculous. And I don't feel like Jamie, who runs a tattoo shop, who's supposed to be more professional, is doing that. For me, there's a switch that happens when I go on stage and it helps to kind of disassociate and just get into the person who wrote all these songs just isn't who I am sitting here. That Those are like little snippets of my life, right? you know, but people relate to them. And I think that's kind of a beautiful therapeutic thing. With that said, um, I have always kind of wanted to find more of a look. And I feel like I'm still trying to find that um, as the front person. And I, I had the hardest time. Mike's like, I really need pictures of you. I want to put this on the drum Don't set. You hate that? Yeah, well, I felt I didn't want it to come from a place of ego. Right. And, you know, I think like most people, women probably especially, we have like self conscious issues. And just many, my many. face being on a drum head was like, does this look, is this weird? Like, does this look vain? Because, you know, Mike's like, well, no, she, please. She was like, do you want, I want the rest of it. Like, we don't want to be on that. It's not, you, you know, I, we, we were, we're happy in the background, you know, and I guess that was the, you know, it, and what I said earlier, I didn't mean like, like, you know, I guess because, you are attractive, and you're. Right. Okay. I think some people think that that's the reason we're and like no. No, no. I, I think we understood what yeah, you meant. Yeah. Okay. I just uh, want to no, clarify. No, no, no. Yeah. No, it, but it's. it's uh, but you guys have her back, though. Absolutely. They do, and they've never ever once said, 
hey, we're going to go do this, so, like, I think we should, like, make it sexy. No one's ever said that. In fact, most of the songs that do have that sexual twinge to them, I almost feel sort of, like, embarrassed bringing them. Not so much to Mike, because we've known each other for so long, but, like, with Christian or Eric, I'm close with those guys, but it does. It feels like you're bringing them to, like, your brother, like, hey, let's <laughs> sing about the super mysterious guy. You know, it's like, what? Like, Hey, bro, let me talk about my one-night stand. Right. And they're like, no. No. Yeah. So let's talk about the latest that you're getting ready to drop. Let's talk about, are you calling it? See, every band is different. They're like, oh, it's just an EP. Or then somebody's like, it's an album. So tell me about what you've been working on. By by definition, I mean, I think it's EP is like anything under five songs. And then an album. I don't know. And somebody else was like, no, one is only online and one is, I'm like, I don't give a fuck. Tell me about the latest thing. (laughs) Right. The the recordings we've done. The recordings you've (laughs) done that are coming out. Let's talk about that. Right. Yeah. I guess we haven't really discussed whether it's an EP or an album. Can we call it a mini album? I don't know. (laughs) I like that. A mini album. Yeah. It's, uh, we were very, very, very blessed. A really good friend of mine has heard our music for a long time and came up and saw us at a gig and he was just like you guys really have something yes you guys have stage presence and all of that but you really have a sound that not a lot of people are doing and it sounds like something you've heard in the way that it's familiar but it's unlike anything that's out and Mm -hmm. um, he actually asked us what our genre was and I had no idea when to tell him either but yeah he decided to sponsor us and um, he really liked the studio La La Land, and so we started looking into it, and Anne was fantastic with us. So that was really an exciting thing to be a part of. So, And when, when is that fully released? We actually just got it released today. Today! But, that sucks because this won't be out for two weeks. Right, no, that's okay. Oh. But actually, we, I think, are going to do it in stages. We're going to release, like, a couple songs and then a couple okay. songs, and then once all seven of them are out, we'll be like, okay, here you can find it on this, okay. this, and this. And so what is next for you guys after you finish releasing that? Are we getting back on the stage now that things are kind of calming down? We had some very close to us. um, Just the band as a whole had some like health issues with other family members. And um, so we took a break Mm -hmm. and which was actually really surprisingly well-timed because we had done the recording. Right. We had to wait for it to get mastered. And all we've done now is just practice for the gig coming up in New Year's which is at 21st in Germantown, and we have written a bunch of new songs. So now that we know how to kind of go in and record mm-hmm. in a professional studio, we're like, okay, well, we're just going to start going in and recording like two or three songs at a time right? and right. keep it's putting smart. out new stuff, you know? Yeah. Then let's talk about your last song, Mr. Mysterious. <laughs> what is this story? Because oh, those God. lyrics were great. <laughs> Thanks. By the way. That's, yeah, no, no. Yeah. I felt that one on a personal level. <laughs> yeah, so that's let's talk about song. that. Yeah, that's the song that actually got us... Um, into the studio that's the song that my friend was like okay this is it i love your sound this and that um i had written a song called one kiss which is also on this album Mm -hmm. coming out and uh that song then turned into it's about the same person basically and one thing kind of led to another it went from one kiss to now this guy because it's just this one kiss will turn into being like this mr mysterious although mr mysterious has a lot of like just fun lyrics Mm-hmm. That's probably the song that's based the least on an actual relationship or anything. It was just sort of based on a previous song, if that makes sense. No, that makes sense. It's like you took the story and you moved forward. With yeah. It. Okay. A little bit of it was real, but a lot of it was just like this fun fantasy, you know.
Where can my listeners find you? Facebook, YouTube, okay. Kissing Aphrodite. Pretty soon we'll have iTunes and Spotify as well. Oh, yeah. you got to get on that Spotify. Yeah. We were just waiting for the professional recordings. Yeah. Someone who owns a tattoo studio is still waiting on their art to be made for the band. Oh, my God. Not, not only is she an artist, but she oh, read it for the other yeah. They could all collaborate mm-hmm. on some artwork. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying, you know. The yeah. mini audience to, to <laughs> our left is like, hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Dude, no mean, pressure. Yeah, Jamie. no pressure. Yeah. I can't no pressure. draw a fucking stick, man. You know but, what it you know, is? I struggle so much with, like, I just I feel weird with it just being about me. If if anybody came with any other design, I can right. have it done in like an hour. I just I don't. You're the boss, man. Delegate. Delegate. It's, it's difficult. <laughs> Speaking, of, what is the name of your tattoo shop? It's called Treasure Ink Tattoo Studio. And where's that at? It's at Seventh Street. It's <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing. Sorry. It's two seven zero seven Seventh Street in Red, Louisville. In Louisville, Kentucky. Okay. And Michael should throw out his uh, YouTube stuff. It's almost dead. So. No, it's not almost dead. You've been busy. Yeah, yeah I've been busy, but you know. But I, it's I, been a minute. No, that was fun. It Seriously, was. I will I have another that. one because I, I know I enjoyed that. And it was an, an excuse to get dressed up because nine times out of ten, this is it, or uh, scrubs. It's not cute. <laughs> it's not. It cute. was funny though because like your whole that that day that she went to the, that one virtual show, she was my co-host. And she'd she never seen the garage. Oh my god! I walked in. I walked in. And I was like, "What in the actual fuck?" Because there were like car parts, and I was like, yeah. "How is he gonna make this a thing?" I yeah. don't understand. And, and it he sounded did. so good. It sounded good. <laughs> yeah. And and like he had things hung up to mm-hmm. hide things and lights, and it was like this isn't even the same place I walked into. Mm-hmm. Third, but thirty minutes. It took thirty well, for thirty my, minutes. My I was like, "Oh my god!" All, Rick yeah. Myers was the first act, and, and he, he walks he in. <laughs> He's like covered in leather, like fucking dog, dog collar on. He and, just and walks it, in. I'm like, I and, dig it, but right. what kind of operation are you running here? Mike? No, I dug it. I was like, but the funny thing was the second, the second he started playing, and then it's like this. Soft she melted. Shit. I was like, oh. yeah. It was just like the whole thing was very surreal. And you know how big that garage is. I mean, it's, it's massive. Huge. Yeah. And I remember going to practice there for the first time, and I was like. Oh man! Oh, well, we were actually in another band. You were at that yep. one at that time. So yeah. this was like eight years ago, nine yeah. years ago. And I, but I remember the first thought I ever had the first time I walked in that garage was, "I'm gonna blow my voice out because it must yes. be so loud in here." And it's not. I mean, Mike, the way he sets I up, I felt the, the same way. And he hands me this little mic, and I'm like, <laughs> "What is this gonna do?" Yeah. <laughs> what is happening? Yeah. But it turned out so good. It was, it was a fun time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're very good at well, video and that. audio editing. And I don't think you give yourself. Thing, yeah. Like enough credit, <laughs> you should go forth and do Absolutely. more. Absolutely, I appreciate that. So, do you guys have it? Yeah, no, you said you have an upcoming show mm-hmm. uh, for New Year's. Mm-hmm. Is it literally New Year's night? Yeah, it is. It's New, New Year's Eve. Eve. Yeah, and we New go Year's on. Night. Good God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, and we go on and we get to um, be the band and then announce the whole ball drop and the time change. Awesome. And all that. Yeah. Do you guys ever like reach out to other musicians for for music or ideas or to co-write? Do you any co-writing at all? No, no we don't. <laughs> no, we don't. Uh, and that's not because we wouldn't. It's just we only band practice once a week, mm-hmm. and it just seems like everybody tends to have their own career in this band. Right. Um, right. You're all very well, busy. I, I, I will say we've not creatively gone stale. Uh, no. We've been together almost three years. Maybe it's been over three years. Mm-hmm. Um, it, and because uh, we were with Stephen for two, and then uh, Eric's been a year. So a little over a year, right, right so like three. a little over three years. Yeah. And 
honestly, you know, and hats off because, you know, Kristen just comes up with new stuff all, all the time. time. She's got so many songs pre-written. That it's, yeah. it's just, She's like, just give me music. Right, I'll put the right, lyrics yeah. to it. Let's you go. Know, well, we I, had band practice last night and we came up with three new songs. Yeah. And they were good. We'll probably play them on New Year's, so. Any other shows you have coming up? Do you have anything booked for the new year? We have a couple things in talk. Okay. Um, I... I'm not exactly sure what those dates are because we're still trying to figure it out. I know that we all sat down as a band last night and we're like, okay, going to this new year, though, we are really going to jam pack it with gigs. We want to do some – Christian really in particular wants to do bigger venues, bigger festivals, like the fair and things like that to really kind of get ourselves out there. Mm-hmm. Hopefully more traveling, you know, Ohio, Tennessee – Florida, fingers crossed for that. She's just using that as an excuse to go to Florida. <laughs> yeah. Homeland, yeah. And if you want to do a video recording in Florida, you just <laughs> pack your bags and bring you with. That's I'll just you follow you. You can put stuff in my car. Yeah. You can put a couple guitars we, we in there. We need a roadie. So, you know. No, I mean, oh. for, for a Florida trip, I'll be like, yeah. where do you want the amp? <laughs> Oh, Mike's getting tired of doing the PA and the grunt, so, you know. <laughs> I mean, don't think I won't do it. This is a very important question. Oh, man. Okay. Oh, boy. What advice would you give somebody who wanted to start drumming? Get the electronic set so you don't piss your parents off. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> it's got to be so much different now, you know, because I, I see these kids and they've got so many YouTube. I grew up in a time you got modern drummer once a month. You know, and right. that's all you, you know, like say, there weren't all this endless videos of how to, and, and, you know, like you had to, you know, I'd save up for drum lessons and, you know, now you can just flip on it. Hey, that was really cool. How do you play that? And there's YouTube 500 examples of, of how you did. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't know. I think they got a lot better than I had it. So. <laughs> well, what would you tell somebody who was like, I want to drum professionally? Uh, I'm not sure what that is because I don't drum professionally. Shut up. <laughs> I'm done with him. He's very, very, very humble. I guess. I'm like, whatever. Oh, no. Believe me, I've got some ego when it comes to how I I heard. I've heard you just play around. Like I say, everybody's better at something. You know, I mean, I I always joke all the time I don't play metal because I'm too fat and old. I'm not not, not killing the double bass pedal just to, (laughs) I don't want to work out, man, you know. Uh, But, you know, and then I do some things that are really in the classic rock style probably better than a lot of people do. Mm -hmm. You know, my ego will afford me that you know but uh i have all kinds of advice for gigging musicians that you know mm-hmm. you know show up early get your shit off the fucking stage get on the stage quick mm-hmm. uh, that also know. comes from you being a sound guy is that you see it from all perspectives yeah right. you're not just looking at it from yeah. I, I think you know i will impart this and it does drive me insane i i, I dealt with this last <laughs> weekend Everybody who plays drums, they sit on top of it, and the first thing they do is like put moon gel or fucking tape it up, or you know, because it they want to muffle the ring of the drum. And years ago, I, I met a really wise guy who was like, "Hey, walk out here, let somebody else play your drums." And I had all that tape on it, all that shit on it, right. and it sounded like it sounded dead as shit outside. Uh, yeah, but you know, it's like you know, when you get on top of it, you gotta let that, you know, you gotta let it resonate. And right. it sounds so much better. Yeah. And, you know, and even though you're on top of it, it, it doesn't sound what you think it should sound like. And on the radio, and you've got to get used to that because it sounds that much better out there. Mm-hmm. And I see a lot of guys that just don't understand that concept. So That's that's good advice. Yeah. And what would you tell a singer? <laughs> She's like, oh, I don't like man. this question. Her face. She's yeah. Like, no. Yeah. First thing would be um, to be yourself unapologetically and still be open to new things, meaning... 
If you're weird, be weird. Embrace it. If you're quirky or sexy or fun or aggressive, just go with what feels natural, but then also be open to the idea of pushing yourself past things that don't feel comfortable. Experiments take all kinds of different things from different people. One huge mistake I made when we were first a band is I have all these heavy metal friends and all these heavy rock friends. Mm -hmm. And I would go to their gigs and they'd be like, oh, hey, you have a band. And I was like, oh, no, I mean, yeah, you know, we just kind of started this project. And I didn't embrace it for what right. it was because I felt somewhat embarrassed that it wasn't like this super cool, like heavy metal or rock, you know, it wasn't like this big badass thing. Typical of the metal community, they were so embracing. They're like, yeah, they're if great. you're doing it and you love what you do, be proud of it. Just be yourself unapologetically. And someone said that to me and it just resonated. And it it's something that I've had to embrace. Okay, so we do a little bit softer music, but there's so many different qualities to that. We're marketable. We can be yes. out there in the mainstream. And, you know, I don't feel like we're selling out. All I never this, did. All the same metal guys told you and mm -hmm. said, you know, it doesn't matter. It's still good music. Like, yeah. It's not metal music, but it's, it's good still music. You can't guys. just yeah. listen and enjoy right. one type of music. Right. And we've had so many um, people in the heavier genres reach out to us and say, can we put some of your songs or a song of yours on our album? It's for a benefit or if it's for mm -hmm. this or that. And that That's always, great. yeah, and it always like, you know, makes me feel really good. We've been on some bills with some heavier bands too, and they love what we do. You know, Skipping Stone, they had opened up for us and, I kind of got a glimpse of that after they played. I was like, wow, they were really like rock and roll. Like, can we pull this off, you know, after them? Like, geez, you know, like you know? I'm following that? Great. Yeah, right. That's exactly how I felt. And, um, you know, they stood there the whole time. They were dancing around. They acted like they loved our set. They've been huge supporters of what we do. And so being yourself is a huge part of that. Um, I want to thank you guys for being on the show. I appreciate you having us. Thank you again, guys, for being on the show and sharing your music. Sound Pollution appreciates you. Listeners, thank you for listening and supporting the podcast. Please make sure you are subscribing to us on those listening platforms. It really does make a difference to us. You didn't forget about that bonus track, did you? Make some noise. Gypsy, I loved him so. Why didn't he have to go? She came into town one autumn day Told her the fortunes we all had made I went to the gypsy to see What the future would hold for me She told of a man with cool clear eyes Hairs black as midnight in the evening skies She said I would lose my heart By the man who soon would part Gypsy, he won my Love never entered this game And it never left me his name Wake up now with a babe in my arms Hair's black as midnight, 
soft and warm Oh, Gypsy, why did he go? He left me with a son He won't know Gypsy, he won my 